It's the Tim Cornwall Show with Joe Santorsa. Bringing you news from the front lines of the battle to restore the soul of America. And now, here's your host, Tim Cornwall. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 731 of the Tim Cornwall Show for Sunday, February 11th, 2004. It's the Superb Owl Day. <laughs> also, we got... Uh, Fat Tuesday coming up, Valentine's Day on Wednesday, and Ash Wednesday all on Wednesday. So, And uh, I'm joined on the show once again by my co-host, co-producer, and resident Photoshop expert, the one only Joe at Minus 3. How are you, Joe? I'm doing fine, Tim. Glad to be here. Glad to have you back. And the Ed McMahon of the Tim Cormel Show, Francie57. Hi-oh! Welcome back again, Francie, this week. Glad to have you back. Oh, the diario or diario. <laughs> you still laughing about Jebba Diarrhea? I'm um, uh, um, happy to be here, Tim. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. And from down North Carolina, boy, T. Brown. How are you, T? Hello, hello, everyone. It's um, it. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a dreary, rainy day, so this is going to make for good company. Thank you, T. Yeah. And from down Florida way, messaging Matt. How are you, Matt? Hi, and happy Taylor Swift Day to everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I've already yeah. seen the post about people freaking out about her plane. <laughs> oh, my Coming God. in from Japan. <laughs> So, is that a is that a Pentagon psyop jet that she's taking back or what? Well, I did I did hear that she's suing the hmm. the person that's been tracking her plane. Yes. So I I don't know, but anyway, Matt, what's going on down Florida way? Well, you know, I'm always looking for uh, interesting things to share about this red state of Florida, and actually, I've got one. I've got one. Okay. I have friends who are uh, visiting the state to look for a place for a winter home and they were in the west palm beach area thankfully not at mar-a-lago but not too far away and they had they wanted to take a little side trip down to miami to uh to visit other friends and that's about 70 miles but it's it gets congested and more so when you get down to miami it's very congested if you if you're anywhere near that Miami area. So they decided to take this thing called the Brightline train. And I don't know if everybody knows about the Brightline train, but that's a, a fairly new train that was built here um, from Miami up to, it just got extended up to Orlando oh. and with stops in between. And then eventually they want to build it across the state to Tampa. So, but in true Florida fashion, it's a, it's a, I guess I call it a Florida-style train. So first of all, it it's privately owned, and I think, for in my opinion, for rail service, that's probably not a good start. And then um, it's touted as high speed, but it's not really too high speed. It, it hits up to about 125 miles per hour in just a few areas. Generally, goes about 69 is the average, but it's um, it has so far killed 100 people you know sounding kind of florida now isn't no, it? right <laughs> it's it's killed 100 um pedestrians motorists and bicyclists and the, oh the basic problem is that all the crossings or almost all the crossings are at grade right i think that's the term they're at street level and they cross a lot of busy roads and they're and that train comes sometimes very fast and there are floridians that's the other problem who, and they're trying to uh, get around 
the barriers, right? Because, you know, you're too fabulous to have to wait for a train. So you want to get around those flashing red barriers in your car or on foot. And that train, I saw it uh, recently come by at, at high speed. And it's there is no way you're going to get out of the way of that thing if you're, if you're trying to somehow cross the tracks. It's, you know, it's fast enough for that. So that so that's the second problem. The third problem is they they took the train down. Um, they got delayed thirty minutes. So all of a sudden, you know, this train is supposed to be an alternative to driving, and it is in theory it's supposed to be faster. It, it takes an an hour and fifteen they say to go from West Palm to Miami, and driving could take up to two hours because of the congestion. So in theory, yeah, good idea, but but. In practice, uh, it took them just as long as driving. And then the fourth problem was it cost them each $90 round trip to go 70 miles on this train. $180. (laughs) Nope. And they they got charged a peak fare on the way down because Miami's a popular place for people to go in the evening on Saturday night. So they got charged more even uh, to go down. And so, you know, you try to do a little number crunching in your head. If you drove the thing and you wanted to brave the traffic, 70 miles is prob- and back, 140 miles is roughly half a tank of gas. Yeah. So you're talking maybe what? How You know, the gas down, here, down in Florida is regular is like uh, $3.10 right now. So let's say you're talking 20 bucks for half a tank of gas, maybe 25 at the very most. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even with your parking... You know, you'll never get you'd never get above, let's say, fifty bucks for for your transportation, compared to one hundred and eighty for two people. Yeah, but but so, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're talking about people that went minute. to Florida schools. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm doing the math in my head. I'm not okay, saying we're doing Florida math. No, but I think I think it's kind of the other way around. I think this train is is for well-to-do people. You know the average middle. I'm sorry, the average middle class person. I I'm not sure they're going to be able to, to justify, taking that thing. Hmm. So anyway, my my friends are getting a a very immersive Florida experience right away, looking for a house. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Good there luck. you go. You know. Wait, wait, wait. Do they know about the insurance in Florida? Yeah. Oh, I I told them about that one at dinner time. The insurance is outrageous. <laughs> yep. Outrageous. That's crazy. You can yeah. still get insurance in Florida. <laughs> yeah, if if I will, I will tell I, you. You know, and I should remind people that the reason why uh, myself and my partner are here is because our parents. We wanted to be close. We moved from California. We wanted to be closer to them. Started out with four. At the time, we're down to three parents. Youngest one is 88 years old. So, uh, oh boy, I, we think this is going to be a temporary situation. We we're not planning to live in Florida forever. Yeah, well, I, I, I will say when we were in Italy, we took the bullet train from Milan to Florence to Rome, and it went 250 kilometers an hour, <laughs> and it was amazing, and it mm-hmm. didn't even feel like you were going that fast, but we went from Milan to Florence in, what, three hours, I think it was, mm. at 250 kilometers an wow. hour. Wow. And that's a long way. Yeah. So, uh, no, but I will say that when, when we were leaving the hotel in Milan, I showed our train tickets to the to the to the the bellman, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you get, get taxi to Central." And so we get the taxi, 
the train, central train station was like five miles away. We get there. It's a huge train station. We have nowhere we could find where the train number was because <laughs> I'm looking at all the numbers on the train on the board, and our train had four digits, and all the other trains had like three. And I was like f- trying to find somebody, and people. I kept showing people my ticket, and they didn't speak English, and they just kept saying Gerbaldi, 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 and I was like, huh. What is what? What do you mean? Finally, I got someone who said spoke English and said, "You're at the wrong train station. You need to be at Gerbaldi train station." (laughs) So we had to hop in another cab and get to that station. And it turns out that the train was delayed 15 minutes, or we would have missed it. But it worked out okay. (laughs) But it's but I must say the trains are amazing in Europe. I mean, and we just can't have that here. No. It's just crazy. Right. Nope. We can't have nice things. We can't have nope. nice things. Yeah. And they're planning on building one of these uh, from Los Angeles to uh, Las Vegas, too. Hmm. Yeah. We, you Same know, company, talk- I believe. They were talking oh. about building a mag a mag train from D.C. to Baltimore a couple years ago, but it fell through. I was reading about it in the Post. But that train was one of those that you know floats on a magnet instead of on tracks. Right. And they have them in Japan. You can go from from the airport in Tokyo to downtown Tokyo in what six minutes, I think. Wow. Yeah, but, but wow. Tim, mm-hmm. all you have to do is throw water on those magnets, and they're dead. Oh yes, that's what that's what Trump told us, right? Oh, <laughs> the windmills of his mind. But they were saying normally, <laughs> normally, you know, to drive from DC to Baltimore is about an hour. Uh, mm. They were saying this train would get there in like fifteen minutes. So, wow. So anyway, one of these days, one of these days, who knows if we'll see it in our lifetimes, but uh, Probably not. <laughs> not mine. <laughs> but anyway, Matt, thanks so much. And your messaging matters at mstdn.social on the Mastodon. Any other places? Well, the yes, the messaging matters blog itself is messagingmatters.com. All right. Thank you, Matt. Always glad to have you back. And T, what's happening on Carolina Way? Uh, well, let's see. We've got two things going on. One is uh, we are going to be using that infrastructure money no, to okay. improve our sidewalks as well as our bus rapid transit line. Nice. However, there may be a fly in that ointment. Oh. oh. We have Mark Robinson, the lieutenant governor running for governor. And yes, he is ultra conservative ultra ultra right wing who believes that prayer should be in the school oh Oh. right yeah Mm -hmm. oh boy there is prayer in school you just can't force people to pray to your god (laughs) you'd like to change that in florida the prayer is i wish i had a school yeah (laughs) (laughs) or i wish i had books Right, yeah. exactly. Right. All right, come on, Joe. I'm the only one who gets to bash my state. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do it five times a day. <laughs> in fact, I got in trouble on the tennis court for doing it. <laughs> my, con- my congressman used up here in Pennsylvania used to be Connor Lamb, but now it's Chris Deluzio. Mm. And uh, Chris, Chris has been sending me e- sending us emails and text messages. I had to stop the texts. <laughs> Yeah, really. But yeah, part of the Biden's infrastructure money is rebuilding the McKees Rocks Bridge. Nice. So he was taking credit for that. So, mm. so yeah. So I shall be re- voting for him, I believe, in, in the primary coming up. Yeah. Are we Super Tuesday, Joe? 
Is Prince um, I don't know. I, I already voted, so. Oh, okay. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, thank you, T. Anything else? Tell people where they can check you out. Ah, you can check me out over on um, Blue Skies T64 dot D-S-K-Y dot social. You can also find me, of course, over on the Tickety Talk at T underscore Bone 1961. All right. Thank you, T. And T Brown at Ohio dot social on the Mastodon. I don't know if you're on there much, but uh, it's good to see you. And Francie, what's happening in Delaware Way? Uh, nothing. It's a, uh, the weather's, you know, dreary, rainy in the fifties. It's February. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's no climate change going on, right? Nah, not at all. I mean, it's only, it was only 60 degrees this week in Pittsburgh in February. We're going to be, uh, we hit 62 or whatever, um, yesterday. And I'm like, what the hell? Seriously. I don't know what to wear. Right. <laughs> I don't know what, you know, I, I packed up the warm weather clothes and it gets warm and I got to dig something out. I mean, so I don't go out. I just, <laughs> it's just, I can't take it. And uh, I live in the red center of Delaware. You know, the beach, down the beach, Sussex, up Newcastle's blue, blue, blue. I'm lucky. I'm surrounded by these. Eee, red maggots. Oh, who have Look guns? Oh, we got Woo! one. We got we got and one down can, the street. We can walk. The people we have um whatever it is open carry some kind of carry, and I'm like um okay. Saw some guy screaming. You know he did a YouTube or a TikTok or something. Did you guys see the guy who was saying that they're armed and ready, and they're going to go out and shoot Democrats? Oh, okay. Like, holy hell. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, I got that that idiot down the road with the eagle that's made to look or a lion or something that's got a muscle body and a Trump face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, with the American Jesus. flag behind it. Yeah, I, I, I saw the meme. Know who designed this? <laughs> right. It's an I, atrocity. I saw the meme on uh, Facebook of uh, people saying, uh, if you're triggered by Taylor Swift, you're not ready for Civil War II. Sit down, Cletus. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got Cletus. We got um, Skeeters. We got um, Yokels Galore. It's and, preptastic. And Jebediah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jebediah is probably going to run for office. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I could be found somewhere. Um, I'm on all of them, but I'm I not see. on that much. I'm mostly on Instagram lately. I post my photographs, and I like animal videos. <laughs> I like <laughs> animals, you know, kitties and and uh, uh, pop trash. and Like, John Waters got something out there with all these great photos of Divine and all of his people that he worked with, with that I enjoy. Yes. You know, um the news i can't i can't do the news <laughs> yes we miss uh i miss uh, edith massey she took she she was hilarious too soon too soon <laughs> yeah it's uh, it, i need to you know find ways to laugh because you know plus we have our real lives you know did you what? francie did you see the, the instagram video of the people feeding the dogs different things to see if they would eat it. <laughs> yep. yep, yep, yep. 
Oh, I know. There's there's some funny stuff with animals. Oh, and babies. You know, I'm oh, a sucker for babies. a puppy or a baby. And, or a and of course, or a uh, everybody, rabbit. <laughs> everybody follows Rockstar, I'm sure, on, on uh, yeah. Instagram. He's but, great. His videos are hilarious, so. Um, I'm like, I get my news from you guys, <laughs> Stephanie, you know, and different podcasts. That's where I get what's going on because I can't watch the network news. Yeah. You just want to barf. Oh, like our local news is we get the Philly station. All Philly station is sports, Eagles, 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 you know, sports and the weather. And I remember when my dad was alive, he used to swear at the weather, uh, the weather <laughs> reports because he said, you don't need a goddamn weather report. Just open the goddamn door. Right. <laughs> you want to know what the goddamn weather is? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, was, I know. Was, I was just so <laughs> aggravated with, uh, what's his name, Charles? What's his name? It was filling in for Ali Vilshi yesterday oh. and today from 10 to 12 because it's just oh. he gets on there and it's like oh biden's old biden's old biden's old biden's old biden's old oh we're gonna go see how biden's losing support from black voters we're going to the barbershop that you've showed us the clip 54 freaking times <laughs> let me say something about president biden he's in better shape than me i'm in my 60s i can't ride a bike i could ride a bike barely I can't run. It's like, what the hell? The man is in phenomenal shape. He he has a stutter. That doesn't mean he's he's impaired. Mm-hmm. He, he he's sharp as a tack. He knows what the hell's going on. Yep. And plus, he has all of the experience we need now to deal with the crap that's going on. Absolutely. Is it just me, or let me see? When Hillary was running. It was all about what happened with her husband. Right. Suddenly, she's dying. Yes, because she got the flu. She got the flu. And then, oh, my God, she's going to jail. Uh, We're seeing the same game replayed. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're they're grasping at straws. Oh, I know. The whole Hunter Biden crap and then. Oh, the, the documents, Robert Hur, Robert Hur. Oh, that that, that political hit job. I mean, when that I came out horrible. on Friday, I was just my stomach was like, <laughs> yeah, it was horrible, right? It I was mean, just... it, and he he's done amazing things. It's not, it doesn't get reported. All they focus, and then the Republicans, all they're yank yank yanking about ooh, yanking <laughs> about. Or yakking about that is too. the border crisis. Oh, the crisis. And them trucker assholes went down there. And one old broad was saying, oh, I saw somebody at the fence and they ran away. One person. Yeah. And why are we here? Exactly. I know. It's, it's just ridiculous. You know. I got to tell you this. So four different TikTokers chose different days to go down to the border. I mean, they took their day off work, took their camera down, and drove back and forth, and they just zoomed in. One of them got stopped by the Border Patrol, and they asked him, what are you doing? Yeah. And they told told him, they said, we're not going to aim the camera at you, but we're here to record the horde. And the Border Patrol agent started to giggle. (laughs) The horde. Don't, 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 don't show that. He said, we ain't got the camera on you. Don't worry about it. 
<laughs> but he started to giggle. He said, yeah, right. Okay, yeah, we get a lot of people down here looking for the horde. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's all because it's, Fox News is in, you know, in the right-wing media are stirring this up, you know? Yes, they're ginning it up, and these people, they believe. They believe whatever they're, uh, they're told. It's yeah. like, okay, oh, it's a you believe everything. Reporter. Why don't you go... Um, walk, you know, walk over there and there's, like, in the Grand Canyon. Go walk. Keep walking. And let them all walk off the cliff, you know? Because yep. they, they, they're dumb. Yeah. Well, thank you, Francie. Glad to have you're you welcome. back. Francie57 at Mastodon.social, but you're mostly, I, actually, I see you mostly on the threads these days, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like the threads. I'm yeah, enjoying, that's, like, the closest. I'm still on Twitter. Just uh-huh, saying. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm well, I'm going to be there when the whole thing blows up. Oh, my God. I can't imagine what Twitter's going to be like during the Super Bowl today. <laughs> Talk oh, about whining. <laughs> Wait till they show. When they show Taylor Swift in the box for like 27 seconds, I mean, it's just going to be like. <laughs> it's basically, basically ads for things that I don't want. And then just mostly the people I know. So, you know, it's but then this stuff pops in. You know the garbage. Yeah, like like some asshole saying something about Biden or something about Democrats. And, yeah, yeah. Well, thank whatever. You, thank you, Francie Joe. What's happening up Scranton way? Well, we're proud of our native son, Joe Biden. <laughs> That's yes. all I could say. Yay! I mean, really. Um, y- you know who does the worst for Democrats? Democrats. Yep. David Axelrod on CNN. Now, I, you know, I'm like Francie. I don't watch the news. I just read summaries on, online. Yeah. Apparently, David Axelrod was on CNN criticizing Joe Biden for jumping over Steve Ducey. Uh-huh. He said he shouldn't have done that. He shouldn't have, he shouldn't have been sarcastic with them. Why? Have you ever seen a Trump <laughs> press Thank conference? Thank you. Right? Thank you. I mean... Really, David Axelrod, are you that are you that anxious to get back in the limelight that you have to be criticizing somebody who accomplished something you never will? That is to be president of the United States, right? And that goes for all those pundits who know so much but don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Thank you. Okay. Yep. Then Bill Maher has uh, who's that sports announcer? Uh, oh, I don't watch that idiot. Ugh. Oh, I don't watch him. I read an article. Bob Costas said he should be Biden so should be I. shown the door. Why? Biden should be shown the door because Bob Costa, you did such a one. You've impacted American history so much, right? Um, unlike Joe Biden, right? Uh, so, so uh, yeah. And so go back to sports announcing, or they don't yeah, want you there really. either, you know. And uh, gee, I, I hate to to quote a, uh, a Fox Newser, but uh, just shut up and dribble. Dribble mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or drool. And, uh, you know, yeah, talk about, and, and they're all jumping on on what was such a partisan cheap shot. Yep. Absolutely. And, and they just jumped all over it. And by the way, maybe Matt, you could tell me, when I took the LSATs back in the day, there was nothing about neurology on there. Hmm. Not a word. I see. Yeah. But there, and there wasn't a whole lot about 
politics, I think, either on the on the LSAT. No, I remember. No, I remember. And uh, not so much about a political hit job that follows the history of James Comey versus Hillary Clinton, or how about Kenneth Starr and Bill Clinton? Well, right. I think that that could that might be a point we're covering later about uh, doing a report. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, there's. You'll- you you can do a report and you can do a report. Right. And well, I mean, I'm telling you, this was a, this was I thought a Kenneth Starr and James Comey style. Yeah, I mean, 35 mm-hmm. years in government. If I had seen a, wrote a report like that, I would have been investigated by the Inspector General. In five and you know seconds. who I blame for this? Merrick Garland. It's because because we're we we're 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 chasing our tails to hit deadlines before an election. It's because of Merrick Garland because. There's no reason we needed a special counsel, although thank good for thank God for Jack Smith. You know, Jack Smith. But there was no need to appoint Jack Smith. Not at all. The Justice Department on January twenty first should have started investigating Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. In fact, on January twentieth at twelve oh one they should have started. Well they didn't do anything invest- until they didn't do anything until the nine until the, the January sixth committee uh, you know, committee mm-hmm. in the House turned over everything to them. Merrick Garland is afraid of his own shadow. Okay, he plays by rules that the opposition never even recognizes. You starting to sound they're like, playing a whole different game, pal. You're starting to sound like Ellie Mistal here. <laughs> yeah, but it's one thing that I blame President Biden for is nominating the guy in the first place. I know you, a I president know. is entitled to have to at least nominate an attorney general who is of the same party and also. Uh, strongly partisan person of the same party republicans do that all the time and and i kind of wanted that uh, that could have happened here if the guy goes down in the senate fine but uh, nominate him in the first place nominate somebody who is truly of your party well i mean we're we're gonna get and i I blame robert Er and merrick garland i blame this this whole screw up with all these indictments being too late on merrick garland and it's going to be his legacy. Mm-hmm. Well, and Democrats don't do the Republicans' uh, work for them, okay? And when you say show Biden the door, Mr. Costa, and then who, who's, in the, who's going to run in his place? You? Mm-hmm. Bill Maher? Right. Right, really? Uh, don't. Anyway, you can't find me on social media. <laughs> there. And that's why. Right. And you can't find me watching TV anymore either, except for the tennis channel. Right. right. Are you going to watch and the, and super- the late night shows? Are you going to watch the I super? Where I get my news. Are you going to watch the super bow for Taylor Swift? No. <laughs> no, but I understand they may let her flip the coin. Oh. So that so, so that's oh. some Fox Newsies will flip their wings. That, that's right. They talk about the meltdown, right? <laughs> All right. Thank you, Joe. And uh, Tim Cornwall hailing from the great city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And Tim Cornwall uh, on uh, dot com is our website for our show. And we're also on Amazon, Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts. And on Networks Radio, 6.30 a.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Eastern on Mondays. As well as on Radio for Humans, Mondays and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern. And Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. And uh, so uh, with that, let's get into our social media friends of the week. Follow me on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Pinterest. Follow me on Twitch. Follow me on MySpace. What the hell is MySpace? Follow me.
me on Musical.ly. Follow me on Reddit. Follow me on the sidewalk. Follow me on the road. Follow me on WhatsApp. Follow me on Daily Motion. Follow, 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 follow. Hey, we'll start with Francie. Ah, okie dokie. Social media friend of the week is Stone Cattle um, on the Threads Net, also known as Jim Wright. I've been following him for a long, 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 long time on Twitter. He's on Threads now, and I don't know if he's on anything else. But Stone Kettle, Kettle is awesome. He is. He, his bio is a republic, if you can keep it. On the nose. He's an on the nose po- political, you know, commentator, I'm going to say online. And he also posts these amazing pictures of birds. Oh, yes. Like like bald eagle chick, like right up in its face. A Muscovy duck, you know, like frontal, frontal, frontal photography of the birds and stuff. And he's just all around great follow on um, that we, if you do the threads. Because like yeah. I said, I know he's still on Twitter. Yeah. Fighting the good fight, but I, f- I don't know if he's on any other socials. I followed him for a long time on Twitter until I quit. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was so glad to s- when I found him on Threads because I missed him. Yeah. He's great. All right. It's Stone Kettle on the Threads. All these links are in the show notes. And let's go to T. Hello, wonderful people. Um, I came across this wonderful lady over on Tickety Top, Dr. Linda J. Browning. Now, she is, she, she keeps saying she's going to retire. Uh, she's 62 years old. She is a physician. And right around COVID, she started doing these little comedy skits on her TikTok page. It's wonderful. She's hilarious. Uh, some of it ties back to her medical background. Some of it is, um, I don't know, church comedy. But she is a wonderful lady at Dr. Linda J. Browning. All right. On TikTok. All right. I'll put a link to her TikTok in the show notes. And let's go to Matt. My social media friend of the week is Scott Dworkin at Dworkin at Mm mstdn.social. He is the co-founder of the Democratic Coalition. He runs the Dworkin Report and the Dworkin Daily Pod. Says he's a journalist, investigator, writer, musician, and Obama alum. And what he does is he posts these memes that are there in the form of black and white posters, really, with all caps writing. And so they're good for reading and they're good for sharing. Uh, There's one here that I like recently. It says, there is no way I am siding with people that keep passing legislation to allow literal children to work long shifts in places like meat processing plants while simultaneously voting against legislation that gives kids a free lunch. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. He's great. Yeah. That's Follow a long one, but he, he does shorter ones too. Yeah. Follow him for years. Yeah. All buddy. right. Scott Dorkin, deep working at mstdn.social on the Mastodon. Links in, are in the show notes. And Joe? Well, my, uh, my hero of the week is Joe Biden. And the reason is because uh, he came off fighting. Yes, he did. Yes. And we have to have more of that. More of the F word from Mr. Biden. Yep. More. Teach them how they how they uh, how they fight in Scranton. You know, Uh, you know, 
Trump is always saying, well, if somebody hits me, I hit them back harder. Well, that's, <laughs> what, that's what we have to start doing. Yep. We have to start saying, you know what, her, you're an asshole. Okay, you're not a neurologist. You're a lawyer. Yep. And you probably needed to see a neurologist to become a lawyer. I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, really, what yeah. a cheap shot. Exactly. And really, Democrats picking up on it. Really? Yeah. You're going to do this? You're going to still say you're going to have, a, like 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 Bob Costa, you're going to have this, this long convention and pick somebody? Who? Who are you going to pick? Bob Costa? Bill Maher? Let's see. Who do we have? Oh, oh here. Why don't, we, why don't we get Tucker Carlson? How He's about, available. Marianne Williamson dropped out of the race. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe she could get back in. Yeah. What about what you about uh, Dean Phillips? He, oh, he, oh what, how did he do in the South Carolina primary? Uh, 1.2%. <laughs> Is he, yeah. and is he still staying? Yeah. He didn't drop it's, out. It's a good thing he has another way of funding his his life, right? Because it's not going to be from a White House uh, uh, salary. I'll tell you that. I love the thing when he was in the he was in the the food truck or whatever it was in in New Hampshire, campaigning, and he was giving out free coffee, and there was absolutely nobody there. <laughs> <laughs> he should have gave out his talenti. I wouldn't go to see. Toronto. I wouldn't go see Dean Phillips if he was getting off free cars. Right? Yeah. Me neither. Me neither. Might I might go with some eggs. Anyway, good for you, Joe Biden. Yay! You know, keep fighting. Keep fighting for us. Keep fighting for the 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 soul of America because that's what this is all about. Because you're running against a Nazi. Oh God! Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and by the way, I don't care if he's in a casket on election day. I'm voting for Joe Biden. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Excuse me. <laughs> All right. Put us on uh, Facebook. All these things are in the show notes. I went with uh, Glenn Kirshner. And the reason I picked him, I know, I know, I know. Everybody's Glenn Kirshner. But, but uh, the reason I picked him is because he's the only person I've heard say this about that SCOTUS hearing. Do you know what my main concern is with what unfolded in that courtroom today. Nobody pushed back on the fact that Donald Trump engaged in insurrection. What are the consequences under our constitution of somebody who engaged in insurrection? No person shall hold any office under the United States who, having previously taken an oath to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection. Donald Trump is disqualified by the plain language of the Constitution. But today, the justices lost sight of the constitutional picture. And instead, they put details over democracy. And that is a damn shame. Because justice matters. Amen. Amen. I know, when I heard, we're going to get into that in a little bit, but when I heard these Supreme Court arguments, I'm like, they're talking about minutia. They're talking about, oh, well, what about the oath the president takes? Does that make him an officer? How can you not be an officer of the government if you're the commander-in-chief of the military? Give me a freaking break. That's just that's just nonsense. And also, the whole thing, a judge held a trial and heard witnesses from both the Trump side and the plaintiff side and ruled 
that he committed insurrection. And then when it went to the Colorado Supreme Court, they affirmed that he that he participated in insurrection. Yep. No discussion of that, hardly. Nothing. Nothing. No. No. Well, what, what about what one state being able to take a person off the ballot? Oh, boo-hoo-hoo. Well, guess what? Florida <laughs> Supreme Court, 2000? Hmm. Well, again, I, let me get back to Merrick Garland. This is his fault because that man should have been already uh, adjudicated already. Mm. He should have been a felon already, a convicted felon already. Mm -hmm. And if he was, at least the Supreme Court would have something to sink their teeth into. Yep. You're a convicted insurrectionist. Yep. Yep. Okay. But again, Merrick Garland dropped the ball. Yep. Well, I, I hope agree. he's not. I hope he's not a running back for one of the teams today. All right. Well, right. anyway, I said Glenn Kirshner two on Threads. All these things will be in the show notes, and I'm going to give him all the applause because they're awesome. And I'm going to tell you, Joe, George Stephanopoulos did some uh -huh. journaling, some journalism. Ah, <laughs> uh -huh. okay. did he? Yes. Did you hear wow. about uh, JD Vance last Sunday? Oh. Uh -huh. Yeah, so this happened. Because you will get taken to court, and then when the courts stop you, stand before the country like Andrew Jackson did and say the chief justice has made his ruling, now let him enforce it. Fire everyone in the government, then defy the Supreme Court. You think it's okay for the president to defy the Supreme Court? No, no, George, I did not say fire everyone in the government. I said replace the mid-level bureaucrats with people who are responsive to the administration's agenda. Every civil That's servant in the administrative one of the problems, state. No, George, I said the mid-level bureaucrats, and one of the problems that we have in this government... You said every civil servant in the administrative who actually, state. ...who don't... Who, let me finish the, the answer, George. Mm -hmm. You asked the question. We have a major problem here with administrators and bureaucrats in the government who don't respond to the elected branches. Let's just give one very real-world example of this. In 2019, Donald Trump, having defeated ISIS, said that we should redeploy our troops in out of the region. You had multiple members of the Defense Department bureaucracy who fought him on that. So what happened? We have people who are sitting ducks in the Levant right now, three of whom just got killed because the bureaucrats aren't listening to the political branches. That's a fundamental component of our government, George, that whoever is in charge, agree or disagree with them, you have to follow the rules. If those people aren't following the rules, then of course you've got to fire them, and of course the president has to be able to run the government as he thinks he should. That's that's the way the Constitution works. It has been thwarted too much by the way our bureaucracy has worked over the past 15 years. The Constitution also says the president must abide by legitimate Supreme Court rulings, doesn't it? The Constitution says that the Supreme Court can make rulings, but if the Supreme Court, and look, I hope that they would not do this, but if the Supreme Court said the President of the United States can't fire a general, that would be an illegitimate ruling, and the President has to have Article II prerogative under the Constitution to actually run the military as he sees fit. And this is just basic constitutional legitimacy. You're talking about a hypothetical where the Supreme Court tries to run the military. I don't think that's going to happen, George, but of course, if it did, the president would have to respond to it. There are multiple examples throughout American history of the president doing just that. You didn't say military in your answer, and you've made it very clear. You believe the president can defy the Supreme Court. Senator, thanks for your time this morning. No, 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 George. Round table's no, up no, next. No, no, we'll no. be right back. Harry, whoops. <laughs> Wrong one. Yeah. Huh. Did, he ever, did he ever hear Harry S. Truman in the steel industry? Uh-huh. Right. Uh -huh. Did he ever hear about that? 
Yeah, right. Mr. J.D. Vance, or doesn't he study history? Yeah. You know, oh, well, we'll just get rid of all the mid-level bureaucrats. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I was a mid-level bureaucrat. I was too. And I and I and I function. I, I did a, a serious function. No matter who was screwing up on the political level, we had to we had to deliver unemployment checks. Right. You know, they had to be delivered. Whether whether the governor was an asshole or whether they were acting like assholes, right. which most of the time they were, yeah. we still had to do our job and make sure unemployment checks got paid to eligible claimants. You see. So I was a middle bureaucrat, and I'm proud of it. And without us, the government doesn't run. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank you, Joe. Exactly. And the whole, in the federal government, you were in Pennsylvania state government, but in the federal government, the whole general schedule GS system is designed to protect those employees from the political world. And it specifically prohibits employees from having any participation in their duties in the political world. Now they could do this, do stuff outside of work, but they can't. They can't do what Robert Hur did. And then, yeah, no, and no. I'm, I'm sorry, but they need to open an inspector general's investigation into into how that report got out, because yeah. that should not have happened. And well, that was ev- Eric Garland. Everyone, why, why didn't he just give a summary like Barr did? Right. Well, I mean, all the all the prosecutor, you know, former prosecutors that are on on you know commentators are saying. That is strictly prohibited and against DOJ policy. If you're not going to indict somebody, if there's if there's no charges, then you just say there's no evidence to support charges. That's it. You don't trash the person in your report. No, James Comey. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then uh, Jen Saki. Okay, there are a couple things that happened this week that may have gotten all Democrats a little excited. I mean, I'm not talking over the moon, doing black flips excited, but definitely a little excited. First was a report from Politico revealing some of the things Joe Biden calls Donald Trump behind closed doors. (laughs) We're going to put it up on the screen. None of it surprised me, really, but we're a family show, so we're not going to say any of it. But you get the idea from what you see there. I'm not condoning it, of course, but there were some some definitely some Democrats out there who may have felt seen by it. And then last night in South Carolina, a resounding victory for the president in the first official primary contest on the Democratic side. Not unexpected necessarily, but 96% is pretty good on any test. It's much higher than what the polls were predicting under any circumstances. Joining me now is my friend Jen Palmieri. She's the former communications director for President Obama, now the host of the MSNBC podcast, which is excellent, How to Win 2024. So, Palmieri, let's start with the primary last night because... The, yeah. the president did do far better than what the polls were predicting in terms of the percentage of the vote he got. What did you make of the turnout numbers and other things that you've yeah. looked at in terms of the data from last night? So the so it was a fraction of how many people voted in 2020, but that's to be expected. But it was still in the you know high tens of thousands of, of, of people who voted. Interestingly, for the for the turnout operation. It was the, the voters that turned out in 24, uh, a much higher percentage black voters, like 76%, I think, of the voters that turned out yesterday uh, were black voters. In 2020, that number was around 56%. So mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, for both New Hampshire and South Carolina, you know, they're small tests, but they're tests of, the, of enthusiasm. There you go. But, oh, let's have a segment about how Biden's losing black voters. 
because they only came out like, you know, 75% instead of 58 in 2000, you know, <laughs> or 78%, whatever she said. But, the, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just this, the both sidesism is ridiculous. The fact that they keep repeating it over and over again and no one's calling them on it. Yep. Let me put it this way. Our media right now is lazy. Mm, they oh, went absolutely. through four years allowing a president to call them everything under the sun. And now they're like, oh, what do we do? Because we don't have drama. We don't have all this ridiculousness. Yeah. Well, what was it? The one CEO of, uh, I forget which media company it was, said, you know, is he's good for Trump is good for the bottom line. But the bottom line is, is you may think he's good for the bottom line, but if he becomes president again, you're not going to have a bottom line when he shuts you you down and arrests your journalists. Thank you. So (laughs) they don't seem to be worried about that. Yeah. Yeah, uh They're just thinking about, ooh, he makes for good copy and good profits right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the Morning Joe crew had a little bit to say about uh, Speaker Johnson. And following up exactly on what David was talking about in terms of foreign aid, $60 billion would be allotted to Ukraine, $14 billion for Israel's defense, $10 billion for humanitarian assistance to civilians in Gaza and the West Bank. However, House Republican leaders say they won't even bring the bill up oh. for a vote. With Speaker Mike Johnson so sad. saying, quote, it's, this is just it's even worse than yeah, expected. You know, I'm sorry. It, it, what, it, it's, it's just not. What don't you like? <laughs> he continues to lie, uh, mm-hmm. as Liz Cheney said, and, and he basically admitted he was going around spreading a lie about January the 6th, trying to keep get people to sign on uh, a, a letter that would continue the lie and help Ken Paxson spread the lie in Texas. Uh, he lied about that. He's lying about this. Uh, he knows. I mean, James Lankford uh, has said, I, I wish they would all read the bill. Right. I wish they would understand how strong the bill is. But the sad thing is, and it's pathetic, and, you know, we say things can be two things at once. I mean, the, the, the new speaker is both dangerous and pathetic. Dangerous <laughs> because... He has decided, and he said it publicly, we're, we're going to put politics over stopping fentanyl from coming into the United right. States. Exactly. Oh we're going to put politics above allowing uh, our border security to stop terrorists from coming into the United States. We're going to keep the border chaotic for at least another 10 months because we want things to be as chaotic as possible for Joe Biden. It's just like Donald to Trump saying he wants the economy to crash and he wants there to be a depression. He wants Joe Biden to be Herbert Hoover. So they don't give a damn about border security. Nope. They're willing to play into Putin's hand. For Mike Johnson, that's nothing new. Willing to play into Putin's hands time and time again. Willing to pre- uh, play into President Xi's hand on China. Uh, which, of course, is exactly what Donald Trump wants. And, and then you look at Israel, won't fund Israel, won't fund the relief of, uh, of citizens in Gaza. So, again, this is all. All of these things that are important are being stopped now because Donald Trump told a grown-up man, don't do that. And following up exactly on what David was saying. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I, no long, I no longer refer to them as the House of Representatives. I refer to them as house welfare queens. Mm. They are collecting a paycheck but doing nothing. Well, thank you. Well, and and uh, 
I wonder if Speaker Johnson's going to make it to Friday. Because <laughs> now, <laughs> now the Tea Party crazies are talking about throwing him out. Yeah, how many Scaramucci's does he have left? Right. Which, <laughs> I think the head of lettuce will survive. <laughs> right? But, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, because now they're, they're running out of time, you know, on the, the next CR. You know? I mean... They're gonna. They, they might as well just pass another CR, pass another CR, pass another CR. You can pass it for the year and be done with it, you know. But the bottom line is, what hurts agencies is agencies can't solicit contracts if they don't have the funds. It's, Lovely. you know, I mean, you can't go out there and say, well, we're waiting on Congress to give us, but we're gonna go ahead and solicit this contract because then if the money never comes through, you've, you know, you've misrepresented to people who've put time and effort into submitting proposals, you know, into winning a, winning a, a, a contract. And so, you know, you, it's illegal to do that. So, but, you know, certain procurement actions that are large dollar, they have like a nine month procurement timeline to get through all the rules, all the procedures. And we're already well past that. That was December. So military contracts for jets, things like that, you know, ships, yeah. You know, these big billions and billions of dollar contracts are, are, you know, sitting there. Well, luckily, the Defense Department did get their appropriation, but the rest of the government, you know. Oh. So anyway, I don't know. I just you know, it just it shows that they're all just kissing Donald Trump's ass. And now he's so now he's taking over the RNC. Right. <laughs> he's throwing out Rona McDaniel and he's going to put whoever he wants in there. I mean, why is Nikki Haley even bothering? <laughs> Right. Oh, and she lost. She lost to no other no other candidates on the uh, ballot yes. in Nevada. No one. She lost to no one. Nobody. She lost to no one. <laughs> nobody. No, but she went around bragging after that. Right. No. None of the candidates beat me. Nobody knows. Oh wow. Wow. So- <laughs> We all know corporations are um, funding her, right? Right. Because they are afraid of what will happen when he gets in office. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I think after Super Tuesday, she's going to be forced to to drop out. You know, because the money's going to dry up, and that's what it is. But uh, Joy Reid was on the View. I ask you because we, as as people that wear microphones every day, <laughs> we can relate to this. But last week, you had a hot mic moment that got some attention. <laughs> Let's just say you used some colorful language. Who doesn't? Not me. Um, I'm a Christian. But yeah, <laughs> but it, it seems like you were criticizing President Biden for starting another war. I don't think you're alone in concerns of that, but is that true? Like, what was behind this? <laughs> well, I'm going to hit that with a cute no comment. No, but I, what, what I'm going to say is. I am a person that I am a study war no more kind of Christian. I'm a red letter Christian. I don't believe in war, whether it is the governor of Texas literally trying to start another civil war over an issue that his party could solve tomorrow. There's literally a bill that they just yeah. could pass, right, and, and do the border security issue. Or whether it's in the Middle East, I was deeply against the Iraq war. I was again, I'm, a, I'm an anti-war person. And so, you know, I don't want to say that there's any side that is specifically to blame here. But I think the idea, I think for most Americans, we're war weary. Mm-hmm. I think we're all weary of conflict. Yeah. And we would like to see us progress economically, socially, try to bring this country back from the brink of racial hatred. Let's not do war at all. Yeah. Okay. Let's not kill people. Let's not, let's not kill people. And I mean, what's happening in Gaza has shaken everyone. Like, 
Let's not do that. And if you find that war is happening, at least let us know who's gotten hit, because I haven't heard very much about the three young people who lost their lives yeah, that yeah. night. And I want to hear more. But we'll have more with Joy Reid when we come back. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I actually, we actually saw that live on on MSNBC when Joy was on, and they caught, they went to go to a segment and they caught her on a hot mic saying, "Getting us into another fucking war," you know, <laughs> and 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 I, I heard that and I'm like, she's right, you know, <laughs> and then of course the right wing went after her for that, but yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> what was that, T? She was perfectly. She was telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Yes. Many, many times I have had people say, oh, Genocide Joe. I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got the wrong name there. Shouldn't that be Genocide Netanyahu? Yeah. Because he's not the president over there. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then uh, our esteemed vice president, <laughs> Kamala Harris, was out campaigning. President Biden and I are guided by a fundamental belief. We work for you, the American people, and every day we fight for you. Sadly, however, that is not true for everyone. Case in point, Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Former President Trump has made clear time and time again his fight is not for the people. He fights for himself. Absolutely. He openly talks about his intention to weaponize the Department of Justice. Mm -hmm. He openly says that he is, quote, proud that he overturned Roe v. Wade. Yep. Proud that he took the freedom of choice from millions of American women. For years, the former president has stoked the fires of hate and bigotry and racism and xenophobia for his own power and political gain. He accused immigrants of, quote, poisoning the blood of our country. And after neo-Nazis marched in Charlottesville, he said there were, quote, very fine people on both sides. Mm-hmm. The former president openly talks about his admiration for dictators and has vowed that he will be a dictator on day one. Understand what dictators do. Dictators put journalists in jail. Dictators suspend elections. Dictators take your rights. And as the great Maya Angelou once said, when someone tells you who they are, believe them the first time. Absolutely. Well, the former president has told us who he is. And it is on us, then, to recognize the profound threat he poses to our democracy and to our freedoms. And let us recognize there are extremists across our country who have been inspired, encouraged, and even cowered by the former president. Amen. Amen. 
She said it right there, man. Yep. When they tell you who they are, believe them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's just ridiculous. It's just so ridiculous that people are sitting here going, oh, well, maybe we should give Trump another chance. I'm like, uh. don't you remember we were using hosp- uh, freezer trucks as morgues <laughs> in nope, 2020? They don't, they don't remember any of that. Don't you remember he told us to inject bleach and shove a UV light up our ass? Oh, those people are dead, Tim. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that Scaramucci is right when he said last week that Donald Trump is not expanding his base because he's killed wow. off he's killed off enough of his voters, right? Yes, want him killed off a bunch, and he's alienated the rest. Yeah, yeah. And the rest of the rest of the non MAGA people. So he's not expanding his base, and that is a wasn't, problem. Wasn't it report that was it like fourteen or seventeen thousand people died from taking ivermectin? Yeah, or Wormer during yeah. COVID. Mm-hmm. He kill, he's killing his <laughs> killing his magas, and those Crazy. that are still alive are running around claiming to be independents. Yet when you call them and ask them, "Did you vote for him in 2016?" Well, yeah. Did you vote yeah. for him again in 2020? Uh, yeah, then no, baby, you're MAGA. You're not an independent. No. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Joe, does that jump in for the clown car? Uh, Anna Cabrera and uh, Jennifer Rubin were talking about the uh, appeals court ruling on Trump's immunity. Back to, to Lisa Rubin, the argument Trump's trying to make that this just opened up a whole can of worms if he isn't given immunity. Did the judges here effectively shut that down? I think they did, um, Anna, in two ways. One, they essentially said that if they were to accept his argument of total immunity, and I'm looking at the opinion now on page 40, that it would effectively shut down the entire government. That presidential immunity, I'm reading here on page 40, against federal indictment would mean that as to the president, Congress could not legislate, the executive could not prosecute, and the judiciary could not review. We cannot accept that the office of the presidency places its former occupants above the law for all time thereafter. The other thing that I want to bring to your and our viewers' attention is that Trump made a calculated risky move here in his arguments. He argued that a provision of the Constitution known as the impeachment judgment clause was part of what protected him from prosecution. However, this court is saying on page 41, the strongest evidence against his claim of immunity is that same clause, the impeachment judgment clause, because it says that judgment in cases of impeachment shouldn't go further than essentially removing a person from office, but that if convicted, the party nevertheless shall be liable and subject to indictment, trial, judgment, and punishment. And it's that nevertheless that's doing a whole lot of work there and that this court found was really important. They also sort of in in finding that that impeachment judgment clause doesn't do much for former President Trump, they're also really persuaded by real life history and the words of even some of Trump's political allies. You know, I note going through an opinion like this, one of the things a lawyer like me does is look at the footnotes first because you can learn as much from the footnotes as you do from the main text. And indeed, footnotes 12 and 13 on page 49 are really illustrative of their thinking because they're saying Trump has said that he can't 
can't be prosecuted because he wasn't impeached and convicted. But in this footnote, they say the history of the United States is replete with people who have been prosecuted pre-impeachment. Because remember, impeachment is not just a solution for former presidents. It applies to people like Article Three lifetime tenure judges. And they cite a number of examples here that there have been hundreds of officers in the United States who have been subject to criminal proceedings for offenses for which they could have been impeached, but were not. They also say, again, going back to the Senate debate in that second impeachment, that there were over 30 senators who made statements on the floor saying impeachment is not available for a former president. Our Constitution teaches that. And the right solution here where impeachment is not available is prosecution. And they have a note where they where they cite to the senators by name who made statements to that effect and count them up. So this D.C. Circuit is literally taking names with respect to the evidence that they cite. It's not just a litany of case law, but real life examples of senators whose floor statements are contrary to the position that former President Trump and his lawyers took in this appeal, Anna. There you go. Joe, <laughs> well, are you ready to see what's happening down the clock? Let's go. Hold on, boy. The courts, the courts are calling From bench to bench Your trials will soon commence That wasted time From your delays and stalling Won't save you now From final recompense and I shall hear when you allow an interview The one defense that no one could foresee For you will bend and say the words that save you Person, woman, man, camera, TV. <laughs> Person, woman, camera, oh, dear. TV. Great <laughs> saying there, Joe. <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> I, know. I wish I could take credit for that. Uh, about an octave higher. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I did that, I'd I'd uh, <clears throat> have to uh, go into a hospital and get throat my throat <laughs> or something lower. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, something lower. <laughs> well, anyway, um, you know, the president of the United States uh, could order SEAL Team Six to execute a political rival, and can never be prosecuted. At least that's what Trump says. Uh huh. Or his lawyers say. Uh, and they said that during the hearing on blanket immunity on January 9th. Well, on Tuesday, the D.C. Circuit issued a, an order denying the motion. And, you know, it, they wrote it in a professional, legal, you know, polite way. Um, <laughs> however, <laughs> however, um, you know, you know, Matt. I remember on the LSATs, one of the sections was you read a case and then you write write a ruling. Okay. And 
you know, my, mine were kind of sarcastic, I guess. But uh, the Clown Car update now has obtained the original draft that the Third Circuit actually wrote. Okay. But, you know, they cleaned it up. They cleaned it up, you know, because they wanted to be polite and, and legalistic and all that. So um, here it is. Here's the original draft okay. of how they wrote this. Okay. It starts off, Donald Trump was elected the 45th president of the United States on November 8th, 2016, an event that all three of us here have a hard time comprehending. <laughs> uh-huh. he, he was sworn into the office at noon on January 20th, 2017, and turned the United States of America into the biggest sewage backup in American history. Yep. Uh, Until his term mercifully expired at noon on January 20th, 2021. Yep. At that moment, Captain Chaos became nothing more than a cheese doodle. (laughs) (laughs) And his successor, Joseph R. Biden, had to have maintenance unblock all the toilets in the White House. Right. <laughs> Pull all these documents. However, <laughs> yes. However, the transfer of power. H. The transfer of power. H. Yes. The transfer of power, like Creep Throat <laughs> explaining to Melania uh, about Stormy Daniels, did not proceed peacefully. Okay. Ooh, ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. From from Election Day 2020 forward. The narcissistic human airhorn denied that he had lost his bid for a second term and challenged the election results by having Rudy Giuliani, while leaking motor oil from his head, lead a bunch of law school misfits in pressuring state and federal officials to change the vote count so he could keep all his toys and classified documents right, right. and stay out of jail. <laughs> Now, Captain Tantastic's alleged and violent interference in the constitutionally prescribed sequence resulted in a march of thousands of ball sackless incels. Oh, God. And the violent breach of the Capitol building. The breach oh, delayed yes. the congressional proceeding for several hours and ended with the walls of the Capitol smeared with what Speaker Pelosi described as poo poo. Since then, hundreds of cra- cult crazed nuts left over from a discarded fruitcake have been put into prison. Yay! On August 1st, 2023, in Washington, D.C., the former Boychurian candidate was, was charged in a four count <laughs> indictment as a result of <laughs> the Boychurian so candidate. <laughs> That wasn't my oh. word. That was that was Jebediah. Sounds vaguely Russian, <laughs> but fitting. But Jebediah's cousin. <laughs> yeah, Boychurian candidate. <laughs> he was charged in a four-count indictment as a result of his actions. Okay. Okay. The serial feeler moved to dismiss the indictment. The serial feeler. <laughs> and the district court denied his motion. And laughed him out of the courtroom. Right. I'm laughing him out, out now. <laughs> Today, we affirmed that decision, and we are laughing even harder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For the purpose of this criminal case, former, oh. the former Cheeto Bandito <laughs> has become citizen Mr. Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs>
with all of the defenses of any other skunk-smelling felon. Right. Huh? Yep, he stinks. By, but any executive immunity that may have protected him while he was serving as President Screaming Carrot Demon <laughs> no longer protects him against this prosecution. Good. His motion is hereby, as Nancy Pelosi put it, declared poo-poo. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, really, what the fuck did you expect? Duh. All right. No, they cleaned that up. But, it took a lot of bleach. Yeah, they cleaned that up, and you saw you read the 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 really the report, but that was their first draft. Oh, and uh, in oh, addition, uh, you know, the DC Circuit did offer the Black Mole one more alternative to achieve immunity. Uh oh. Yes, in an addendum to the ruling, the court suggested that if the former assaulter in chief <laughs> wanted to attain immunity, he yeah. should have an injection of ivermectin. Followed by a Clorox chaser. <laughs> oh, nice. Mm. Nostrovania. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been listening to all the legal opinions of people who are saying the Supreme Court might even not take up his appeal. But tomorrow's mm. his deadline. Tomorrow's his deadline. He's got to. Well, he'll meet his little deadline. Yeah, well, I mean, the motion but, is stayed know, until I tomorrow. The only thing I. I the only positive implication I took from the way the Supreme Court justices were acting uh, on Thursday mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is I think there is a grand bargain amiss here in the midst where I think maybe Chief Justice Roberts, for the first time in maybe his life, uh, got them to strike a deal where at least a majority, if not a uh, unanimous uh, group would it, reject Colorado, but also not take up this case. Mm-hmm. I think because, so too. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a grand bargain afoot here because the worst thing that could happen is that they take the case and reinstate the stay. And then sit on it. And then sit on it till June or July. Or until the next or or until the next term. Or until the next term. So I think there's a grand bargain afoot. Matt, you agree? Yep, I do. And the the court's sort of most chicken way out is, as you say, not to take up the case. They take if they do take up the case and make a ruling either way, that's going to really upset people. Yeah, well, I think wouldn't it be hilarious though if 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 he if he files his appeal with the Supreme Court and five minutes later they rule denied. <laughs> I don't. I don't think if they're if they're not going to take it up, I don't think it's going to be longer than the end of next week that they're going to say no. Right. I mean, the Third Circuit. If you read the Third Circuit's uh, uh, ruling, I mean, right from beginning to end, which takes a lot of doing, but. It covered all the bases. Mm-hmm. They knocked down one by one every one of his arguments. They've made such a solid case. And let's not forget that the one justice was appointed by George H.W. Bush. They made such a strong case and did such a thorough job of it that they really don't have to touch this potato. They could actually say, come to us after the trial's over if he's convicted. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. You know, then, then we'll we'll talk about it. 
Right, exactly. You know, because uh, what do they call that, Matt? Uh, interlocutory appeal? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, yeah. I think so. Yes, and, and which is is not common in 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 legal uh, in legal terms because uh, you're actually asking the courts to consider an appeal on a case that hasn't been tried yet. Right. Exactly. Yep. So it's it's not not common. And uh, I, I think there's a lot of off-ramps in both cases for the Supreme Court. In the Colorado case, they had a lot of off-ramps. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in this case, they have one big off-ramp. Third Circuit, you did a great job. We couldn't have said it better. Goodbye, yep. Donnie. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, they just, they just knocked him down. He, you know, he's not a king. And, you know, it's just, it was just, it's just a stupid argument. Uh, you know, so anyway, um, Rachel Maddow, last Monday night, um, she did this incredible piece. And this is a little bit of a long clip, so we'll stop it in the middle and we can discuss. But uh, she hits the nail on the And now it's here. 2024. And Trump is very much still in charge. And three swing state Republican parties and counting are in total meltdown. But you're not allowed to blame Trump for any of that. And so... Heading into the Republican Party's meeting, big annual winter meeting this weekend, these were the headlines about the Republican Party chair, Ronna Romney McDaniel. Quote, Ronna McDaniel hit with new wave of resignation calls. Ronna McDaniel faces mounting GOP criticism. Ronna McDaniel faces ambush at RNC meeting. MAGA Republicans rage at Ronna McDaniel over RNC failures. You've got to blame someone. Let's throw her out. Ronna Romney McDaniel did seem to survive the RNC's weekend meeting. At least it seemed that way when when things wrapped up at their big meeting on Saturday. But then on Sunday morning, uh, Trump went back on Fox and said about Ronna Romney McDaniel, quote, I think she did okay initially in the RNC. I would say right now there will probably be some changes made. So he's saying he wants her out. Now he's just done another interview with another right-wing network where he said that she should be out of her job. He was asked, quote, is it time for Ronna McDaniel to step aside? He responded, well, I think she knows that. I think she understands that. Trump now put out a statement this evening saying that he will make his pronouncement on her fate later this month after the Republican primary in South Carolina. Okay, sure. But listen... Maybe you don't need a party, or, or you don't need much of one. Each, each of the two major political parties in our country has done okay in previous election years, even when the parties themselves were organizationally kind of a mess. What is different here, what's important for all of us here in this moment, is that the Republican Party now, in the age of Trump, appears to be not just a mess. They appear to be sort of dissolving themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever happens to, to Ronna Romney McDaniel and, you know, you know, however her leadership at the Republican National Committee is going to come to an end, the thing that she will likely go down for in history is the moment in 2020 when, under her leadership, the party decided there would no longer be a Republican Party platform. Wow. They decided that officially and explicitly, the Republican Party would no longer stand for any particular thing. Right. Remember that? Other than generically saying that they supported Trump's overall agenda. We stand for nothing except whatever the leader wants. Wow. 
That was a signal moment. And it's a moment right now to have all of this chaos in state Republican parties, including in, in some of the most important states in the country for the election. I mean, if you are a Republican voter in Nevada, when do you vote for your choice for a Republican Party presidential candidate this week? Do you vote tomorrow? Do you vote Thursday? You can vote in both. How is that possible that you can vote in both? Well, apparently that's because one's the official event run by the state, which doesn't count and one's not an official state-run event, but it's the one that they're counting because that's what Trump wanted. Okay, does that make sense? Do you know how you're nope. spending your week? And let's hope this counting's done before the state party chairman is due in court to face his felony charges related <laughs> to allegedly trying to falsify the results of the last election in that state. Yep. Jesus. I'm going to stop it here for just a minute. So what she was referring to there is the fact that the Trump campaign didn't file to get him on the ballot by the deadline in Nevada. So okay. he was not on the, the Tuesday primary ballot. Only Nikki Haley was. And so as a result, the Republican chairman, who is a going to court, <laughs> she said, for uh, filing false, false electoral certificates, uh, you know, on January 6th. But, uh, um, but, they decided, oh, well, we'll just have a caucus and award our delegates with a caucus. That way we can just give them to Trump. You know? What? So they, so they, the state still held the primary, but the party's refusing to award any delegates based on the primary. They're awarding their delegates based on, on this caucus they came up with Thursday, you know, ran Thursday, so they could give all the delegates to Donald Trump. And they didn't allow Nikki Haley to be part of the, of the caucus. So the caucus... Well, Tim, the Sorry, but out of their butt, right? What's that, Matt? The caucus is what they pulled out of their butt, right? Because this it was so, because to cover the because they screwed up. My understanding was a little different, but I might be wrong. Um, the, Nevada had a caucus and changed the law. Thankfully, changed the law. I think eh, around twenty twenty one. I was there for the for the twenty. 16 caucus and before that getting out the vote on the democratic side and i can tell you it it's it's extremely non-representative because of the the physical labors involved mm -hmm. and the and also the public nature of it where you have to stand in a gym under a sign of your of your um candidate and so people were who are either shy about that or who had physical issues um, they weren't going to, to that caucus. So, um, but my understanding was not, is not that somehow Trump missed the deadline, which is sort of the way you made it sound there, Tim. Well, that's, that what, I, that's what he I heard. wanted the caucus because the, the non-representative caucus works better for him. He gets better results oh, because well, I, the I craziest I... MAGAs are the ones who, who are going to, are going to, you know, they're going to stand outside overnight or whatever they have to do. To vote for him. No, maybe, maybe so. Wrong, that was that's the distinction that he actually wanted the caucus. Not it's not like he just missed the deadline for the primary. No, I, no I, that's what I thought. I heard that that his campaign didn't get didn't get him the paperwork in to get him on the ballot. I I didn't think but they I, wanted I, I may to. Be but wrong. Again, I, I, my I understanding wrong. might be wrong on that. Yeah, who knows? We, who knows? Anyway, so let's go on uh, with what Rachel had to say. That's how Trump wants it. So that's his guy. So that's what Nevada Republicans are supposed to do this week. And no, let's not have any real Republican primary debates this whole year, at least none that include the front-running candidate, because that's also how he wants it. So that's what we'll do. And no, let's not have general election debates this year either. 
Because in 2020, Trump got the Republican Party under Ronna McDaniel to say that the Republican Party will no longer allow its candidates to participate in events sponsored by the Commission on Presidential Debates, which has overseen general election debates between presidential candidates for decades. He didn't want that. So we had the RNC pull out of that. So to recap, it's a political party with no party platform, no normal nominating process for its nominees, no primary debates, and no general election debates. They're just coming off the worst back-to-back -back electoral performance by any party since before FDR, and it's all because it's what Trump wants. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everything uh -huh. is about what he wants. And of course, why would anything else matter? Because who could doubt the political instincts of a man with this kind of a track record, right? With this kind of an electoral track record. A man who handed out fake I'm an auto worker signs in Michigan at a fake union event and then filed the receipts for it publicly. Who could doubt a man with political instincts <laughs> right. of that <laughs> level of genius? Why have a political party when you can just follow wherever he's leading? Whee! Political parties are not the most important institutions in a democracy, but they are part of it. And right now in our country, one of our two major political parties is dissolving itself. And yep. just tonight, potentially preparing to oust yet another of its top leaders, all in the service of just doing stuff for their great leader instead of doing normal party stuff and normal democracy stuff anymore. They don't want a democracy. And I, I don't know mm -hmm. how many of you watching this tonight, you know, are, are, are mourning the illness and potential demise of the Republican Party as an institution, I understand. But if we are going to stay a democracy with a two-party system, there do need to be two parties of some kind, or we're not that kind of system anymore, we're going to have to develop into something else. I mean, right now, what we are very fast becoming is one party on one side and just a guy on the other. Mm -hmm. A guy who, this week, is going before a United States Supreme Court that is going to decide if, maybe, he might be ineligible to ever hold federal office ever again. Oh. What do you call that kind of a system? What could possibly go wrong? There you have it, right? <laughs> Amen. Amen. That was incredible. I watched that Monday night and I was just like, oh my God, she is so right. She is so right. You know, I mean, it's just that they've, they've just melted down into this whatever Donald Trump wants. And we saw that with the border border deal. Magus. I think that's called a cult. Cult. Yeah. And the frightening thing is, I've been in lives where people have said, you know, they're for Trump. And I'm like, for what? What does he represent? What, what What's his platform? What does he want to bring to the table? And they immediately pivot to Biden's old. I'm like, so, so Trump. So is yeah. Trump. So is what's Trump. That should always be the response. Difference. Biden's old. So is Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. I mean, um, I mean, the thing is, I mean, if, if, if the trial, Chuckkin's trial goes forward, and we actually have a, a, a chance for him to be convicted prior to even the RNC, but, he, but prior to the election, you know, what is it they're saying? Like 30% of Republicans are saying they won't vote for him. But I don't know. I mean, who knows? I mean, things can change on a dime. I mean, it could actually propel him. <laughs> who knows? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Who knows? So, 
Anyway. It's, it's bizarre. We, we are in a dangerous spot because we've got people who don't understand. Elections have consequences. We've been down this road before. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, well, it doesn't even get talked about enough lately. Is getting to pick federal, getting to nominate federal judges, including SCOTUS judges. Right. Well, that's, that's people are kind of kind of forgetting about that in the last few days. Yeah. But uh, if the choice is between Biden and Trump, and uh, you know you're worried about certain things, I, I'd be a little bit worried about how, about having more Trump Supreme Court picks. Absolutely. It's already six six to three, and not looking too good. Well, and what's going to happen mm-hmm. is if Trump gets reelected. You know what will happen is Clarence Thomas and, and um, Alito yeah. will will retire so that Trump can replace them and put someone who's like thirty five or forty years old on there who will be there for another fifty years. Yeah, thanks, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Right, Eileen Cannon. I, I, yes, I was going to say thanks, Eileen Cannon. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. So sure. So anyway. Um, yeah. Or so, his lawyer. What's his lawyer's name? Abina, Abiba, Abala, uh, whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah, Lena Haba. Yeah, let's put her on. Maybe he'll put her on. He'll nominate her. <laughs> Haba, 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 Haba. Will they put a stripper pole in for? Her? <laughs> but anyway, uh, Lena Haba. Jamie, Jamie Raskin's got a little zing here on MTG. Thank you, Madam Speaker, Mr. Chairman. We're here because the madcap wild goose chase to impeach Joe Biden has produced no wild geese. Even Fox News is lampooning the fact that their own expert witnesses repeatedly say President Biden did nothing wrong and there are no grounds for impeachment. More than a dozen GOP members in Biden-majority districts don't want to go anywhere near that fantasy production. So the Trump-Putin mega-faction headed up by the distinguished gentlelady from Georgia has been given this worthless trinket of a consolation prize, the opportunity to bring a slapstick impeachment drive against a cabinet member of unimpeachable integrity who has obviously committed no treason, no bribery, no high crimes, no misdemeanors, nothing indictable or even indictable, indictable. if you prefer. <laughs> what makes this farce a tragedy is that Secretary Mayorkas in the U.S. Senate have been working for months to achieve precisely the immigration and border compromise the GOP has been demanding. And miraculously, they got to a bipartisan immigration agreement for billions of dollars more in border patrol officers, immigration judges, fentanyl detection machines, a far tougher border. It was good enough for Senator Mitch McConnell and dozens of GOP senators, and it was good enough for the Wall Street Journal, but the House megas would not take yes for an answer. Why? Because Donald Trump doesn't want a border solution. He wants a border problem, nothing else to run on. And Vladimir Putin certainly doesn't want $60 billion going to the heroic people of Ukraine, defying his filthy imperialist invasion. All over the world, democracy and freedom are under siege today, and all our colleagues can think to do is to sell out our democratic allies and sell out the cause of human rights and then impeach a cabinet secretary working diligently to solve the immigration problem that they claim to care about. Boom shakalaka, boom shakalaka, boom shakalaka, and boom boom shakalaka goes right there. Yes, he was mocking Marjorie Taylor Greene because in a committee hearing she meant to say indictable and she said indictable. on her mind, huh. Did you see that picture of her reading the Bible under all those oh, crosses no. on the wall? And I said, she ain't reading no Bible. That's Mein Kampf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, wow. Yeah, at least she didn't say it was a gazpacho offense. <laughs> right? Oh, oh man. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Matt Gates was whining over with Eric Bowling on Newsmax. And people tonight. And so while Blake Moore did not intentionally, you know, vote, he would have voted to impeach Mayorkas. He voted no at the end as a procedural matter so that we have the ability to consider this later in the week. Uh, my other three colleagues took a, a very unfortunate position. Well, talk about that a little bit. Blake Moore was a yay, and then he switched to a nay. He switched to a nay when it was 215-215, so it was kind of deadlocked. It, you know, first layman, it, you would think that would be the impetus to take another vote and maybe get, get it sure. past the finish line. Why did he switch? Well, because you're only able to reconsider a matter if you are on the prevailing side of the vote. So we didn't have any of our people that were part of the 215 that had voted no. So trust me, Blake Moore wants Mayorkas impeached. Uh, but I got to tell you, Bowling, as I'm watching that board and it's 215 to 215, I have never missed George Santos more. Like, <laughs> and what irony that the New York Republicans who drove Santos out of Congress, who are watching the children in their state being driven out of schools so that those schools can become migrant housing centers that now we don't get to execute on an impeachment trial of Mayorkas because they threw George Santos out. I also wondered, like, wouldn't it have been nice to still have Kevin McCarthy in the House of Representatives? Never thought you'd hear me say that, but Kevin McCarthy, after being dislodged as speaker, took his marbles and went home. He would have been a reliable vote for impeachment, but if he wasn't speaker, he wasn't willing to stick around. Well, that's and I think that the, the errant expulsion of Santos and the abject selfishness of Kevin McCarthy contributed to this result as much as the three Republican members who, who voted no well, sincerely. You, you, oh, funny how you what? make your own bed. <laughs> what? Wow. Some prayers. Oh, what was that? Oh. Yeah. Well, uh, supposedly isn't uh, isn't Tuesday the election uh, for uh, George Santos's? Is it this Tuesday or next Tuesday? I'm not sure. Mm. For his his uh, successor, so it's coming up soon. I think it's I think it's actually yeah, sure. this Tuesday. I think it's actually this Tuesday. Thirteenth. Yeah. So if the Democrats like pick up that seat, huh? They're going to be rushing to uh, rushing to try that vote again before uh, <laughs> before he's, he's seated, wow. right? <laughs> And the whole thing is they, they, they did this on purpose because they knew that Representative, Representative Al Green was in the hospital and he wouldn't be there to vote. So it would be one less vote for the Democrats. He got himself out of the hospital bed, checked himself out, and came on that floor and vote, voted in his hospital gown in a wheelchair. Yep. <laughs> oh, but wasn't that sneaky and underhanded to actually oh. come out and vote? Ah, huh, yeah, right. Man came out of the hospital bed in in the gown and all. And right. Go, go. Right. And then did you see Johnson Jeez. after it failed in the vote or in the in the counted vote? He tried to pass tried to pass it again with a voice vote. <laughs> oh yeah. And that, uh -huh. I'm like, oh okay. So you're gonna try to do this one way or another, right? <laughs> Forget the will of the voters. Wow. Where does that sound familiar? Huh. Well, the the irony also is that they had a guy. Who was out on medical? Steve Scalise, who's right. getting cancer treatment, right? Yep. And he was unable to vote for that reason. So again, it's—I would call it F A F O. Right. Exactly. I laughed my ass off because because that failed. Their border funding bill failed. The the Ukraine aid bill failed. Mike Johnson just had a bad week. <laughs> so. 
goodbye. And then Tucker Carlson went to Russia. You know, I, ha- you know, I like to watch cable news. Yes, I do. And know. so you were busy Zooming or whatever. And I <laughs> had to rewind an entire hour because... I thought, what just happened? And yeah. I all actually these things walked went- into the room and I said, can you believe they lost on the Israel funding and impeachment? I had it on his background noise. Yeah. And she goes, really? This I had to rewind. Really- it was incredible. And of course, uh, this on top of the big news yesterday uh, about Donald Trump well, well, not but, but, being immune. Yeah, that is big <laughs> news. I do want to say, though, uh, uh, there's really good point brought up at the end of way too early, Willie, that, again, I just I don't think all Republicans in the House understand how dangerous, what a dangerous game they're playing with Vladimir Putin. Right. Mm. He invaded yeah. Georgia in 2008. We did nothing. He invaded Ukraine in 2014. We did nothing. He's invaded Ukraine again. We fought. We pushed back along with the West and course, with the, the, the brave Ukrainian soldiers and, and, and citizens that have given so much, and they don't understand. I mean, after if, if the West buckles on Ukraine, and well, of course, if Donald Trump's elected, um, then that's, that's the end of NATO. That's the end of, of any deterrence with Vladimir Putin. He'll sweep, he'll sweep across Eastern Europe. He'll go through the Balkan states. I mean, he'll do all of these things. And you see in sharp relief a Republican Party that is now doing Vladimir Putin's bidding. Donald Trump always did. Yeah. Uh, but 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 the Republican Party now in the House is doing Vladimir Putin's bidding, and somebody that we know, uh, that we used to know, uh, going over, doing Vladimir Putin's bidding, uh, attacking Western journalists, saying if only Western journalists. Would have come over here and rep- tried to even report fairly on the war. Well, mm. there have been Western journalists mm. that have gone over and tried to report fairly on the war, and they're in jail. They're in gulags right now uh, with the person because Vladimir Putin doesn't want really Western journalists. Um, going over and asking honest questions, fair questions. He'll he'll let puppets talk to him, but nobody else. Yeah, he'll let a certain kind of journalist in for an interview, but not the ones who ask the questions. And I assure you, NBC and every other news organization in the Western world has a request in for an interview with Vladimir Putin. Uh, so it's not for a lack of trying, that's for sure. But yeah, yeah. It, it, it was striking again yesterday to see Republicans across the board, and maybe some of them are doing Vladimir Putin's bidding, but really they're doing Donald Trump's bidding, which is Vladimir Putin's bidding, which is... That's right. They put themselves in a place when your North Star is what Donald Trump wants, and he is the voice that controls everything. You put yourself in the position we saw them yesterday, failing again and again and again, and putting in jeopardy aid to Ukraine, aid to Israel even, and doing nothing about the crisis at the border, which they've been talking about rightly for a long time. There you go. What the fuck was that? Oops, wrong clip. (laughs) Didn't mean that. Whoa. (laughs) Oh, no. I was hoping you were going to put up the clip of uh, basically Pootie Poo making fun of Tucker about you applied to the CIA. Oh. (laughs) I didn't watch any of the interview, but I heard that... that uh, Putin kept him waiting two hours. <laughs> he yeah. laughed. 
He said, oh, yeah, you, you applied to the CIA. <laughs> but they wouldn't accept you. Oh, wow. Because him. Yeah. Well, you know, he deserves it. So, yeah. <laughs> really? Yep. Really? Yeah. They. I, I. Did you see the thing? Apparently, like some of the members of the um, European Union are talking about banning him from Europe over that interview <laughs> for giving Putin a platform. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> awesome. Ban- you know what? They should all just stay in Russia. He should stay in Russia. Get a job on Russian TV, and you know, say goodbye to America. Yeah, he's getting a little desperate. He's not getting that Fox money anymore, you know. Oh. So he can't. Poor baby. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh man, he's extremely wealthy, right? The frozen dinner, right? Uh, Swanson. Yeah. Yeah. He don't. He don't need the money. Yeah. So anyway, but, it was a crazy, crazy week with the Supreme Court hearing and uh, Neil Katyal. How did you see it? And what were the, some of the parts that struck out the most to you? So, um, you know, I've watched over 400 Supreme Court arguments. I've done 50 myself. I would tell you this argument did not go well for the Trump challengers. And that's to put it mildly. I probably have some other adjectives that I won't um, say on air. Um, You know, in the thing that I was watching for was any indication anywhere about just how dangerous a ruling to overturn the Colorado Supreme Court was. We heard a lot from the court, particularly the Chief Justice, Justice Kavanaugh, Justice Alito, about how if you affirm the Colorado decision, it'll empower states to mess with federal elections. And to be sure, that's a risk. But what you never heard the Trump challengers really get at was the risk on the other side, that this is a canonical part of our Constitution forged after the Civil War at one of the most difficult times in our nation's history. And yet we came together and said insurrectionists can't be on the ballot, not just about the Civil War, but going forward for all sorts of reasons. There was no discussion of that, really. Basically, you know, they allowed... Donald Trump to read the 14th Amendment like a tax code, looking Mm -hmm. for a loophole here and a loophole there. And, um, you know, unfortunately, the stakes on the other side were not presented to the court today. And so I saw only one justice, really, Justice Sotomayor, who was really listening to what the Colorado challengers um, were saying. And it wouldn't shock me if even she, when push came to shove, and she reads the transcript of this argument, uh, may come the other way. Now, you know, the justices could go back, they could read all the front of the court briefs, which make a lot of these points, and come up with the other side, but, you know, presumably they read those briefs before the argument today, and they got no help, um, to use Justice Alito's word, no help from the challengers to Trump today in the oral argument. And can I ask a follow about that specifically? Because, Neil, you are somebody who's argued before the Supreme Court. We know that the challengers here, their lawyer, Jason Murray, this is his first time going before the Supreme Court, whereas Trump's lawyer has argued before the Supreme Court five times before. Did you recognize the disparity in terms of their experience there? Or did you feel like both lawyers gave their strongest case and strongest arguments here? Yeah, I don't want to chalk it up to experience. Like, I've, you know, as you say, I've had a lot of experience, but I'll certainly mess up arguments. And so experience is no, uh, you know, guarantee of anything. Um, I, I don't, so I don't want to say that, but I do want to say 
you know, in a case of this gravity, you need to basically call out the other side and you need to call out the court even. And so you need to say about the other side, you're gutting the Constitution, Donald Trump. What you need to say to the court is, look, you for years have staked yourself on strict construction of the document, on the original intent of the document. The original intent of the document is so clear against Donald Trump. You need to be using their methodology that they've used to say, look, you know, you've got to be consistent with what you've said before. We heard none of that today. Um, I'm not sure why, but, uh, you know, that makes it frankly, a really easy case for the U.S. Supreme Court to decide in favor of Donald Trump. There you go. Um, yep. <clears throat> I mean, it was just like I said earlier, the minutia they were talking about completely ignored the, the fact that we watched the insurrection on live TV, right? Even, right? even Roberts tried to push back about, well, was January 6th really an insurrection? Yes, it was. Uh, we watched it well, on TV. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, we're not stupid. And it's just and and the one federal judge in DC on the DC circuit even gave a speech, I think at Georgetown or somewhere, calling out these people who are trying to whitewash January seventh six because he's he has been the judge on many a trial of these people uh-huh. that are sitting in prison, and he's very he said he's very concerned for our country over the way that the Republican Party is completely trying to whitewash what happened on January sixth. So, and thank God Joe, Joe Biden came out and blasted, you know, the, Robert Hur for that stupid report saying he didn't even know when his son died. He's like, uh. how dare you? How dare you? You know? And that, that whole report is just nothing but a political hit job, like I said. Yep. You know, you don't have evidence to charge him. That's all you had to say. 400, yeah. 400 pages of bullshit. <laughs> You know, I still say they someone should open an IG investigation, refer it to the IG, and they should look into that because the the policy, the DOJ. I don't care if he was a special counsel or not. The DOJ policy says what it says, and Andrew Weissman was on talking about that because he said when they wrote the Mueller report, they couldn't put sh- stuff like that in the Mueller report, and he was a special counsel, so. Of course, they had a attorney general that was uh, on their side, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. we don't have that. Yeah, yeah. And so then, um, Morning Joe had Chuck Rosenberg on to come on and and try and whitewash and say, "Oh, well, you know, his, the special counsel has the here's, he he has the right to you know say whatever he wants to in his report." And then Neil Caldwell <laughs> was like, "Hey, I wrote those regulations. No, he doesn't. You know." <laughs> And I was listening to the Sisters-in-Law podcast, and they they took issue with what Chuck Rosenberg had to say. You know, you're still supposed to follow department policy. You don't trash somebody if you're not going to charge them. You don't harm their reputation, you know. And then all this, oh, Trump's old, Trump's old, Trump's old, Trump's old, Trump's old. Uh, Daniel Dale and Caitlin Collins on CNN were talking about the press conference that Trump had after the Supreme Court hearing. He was referencing there are parts of his speech on the ellipse that day where, where he told people to, to be peaceful. He ignored how he also told them to fight like hell or they wouldn't have a country anymore that day or how long it took him 
to urge the rioters to go home that day, despite how he and his top aides were having many conversations about that with his own you know, children pleading with him to put out statements. And yet he declined to do so for hours, Jake. Of course, we heard much more from Donald Trump as he was standing outside Mar-a-Lago preparing to go to Nevada and weighing in on what happened today. For more on that, I want to bring in CNN's Daniel Dale. Daniel, obviously, there's several fact checks in the former president's comments, including just the one I heard about crime alone, saying that crime is up when actually in 2023, most crime in major categories was actually down. Right. Yeah, you've done some good fact checking there yourself. He also said this was an insurrection caused by Nancy Pelosi. That, that's an insane statement. Like, that's beyond, you know, fact check false. That, that is completely deranged. This was a mob of pro-Trump supporters called to town, urged to be wild by Trump himself. Nancy Pelosi tried to protect the Capitol, tried to summon National Guard troops. Completely just absolute bonkers nonsense. He also said there were no guns, something we've heard again and again from him. There were, in fact, guns. We may not ever get a complete uh, list of how many guns were there because most of the rioters were permitted to go home without arrest that day. But some people were arrested with guns. I have a list here. Mark right. Maz of Indiana, two loaded handguns, arrested, sentenced to prison. Uh, Guy Reffitt of Texas, he had a uh, firearm at enter Capitol grounds. Christopher Alberts of Maryland had a pistol during the riot. Jared Thomas Barger of Missouri uh, pleaded guilty to having a, a gun on Capitol grounds that day. So this idea that's taken hold in parts of the right, uh, fueled by Trump, that there were no guns that day, Completely not true, Caitlin. Yeah, and also, you know, they used other weapons, including flagpoles and spray, to beat up these cops. And then just one more, of course, you know, he talked about the mental institutions and, and people letting immigrants out and coming into the U.S. from that. We've also asked the Trump campaign for, for facts on that. They've never been able to provide any evidence. Of course they haven't. Of course they haven't, right? Out of his arse. Right? Yeah. Are you shit mate? Yeah, I mean, and then, you know, I mean, MSNBC lets him come on there, and, he's, and he immediately, not two seconds in, he's lying. He's lying, and I'm screaming at the TV before they actually cut and go, oh, well, uh, Mr. Trump is making statements that aren't exactly true. Yeah, right. No, they're lies. <laughs> they're lies, exactly. Oh, no. We're back. Um, we're back to the um, alternative facts. Oh, yeah. 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 I saw something about uh, speculation that he was going to choose Kellyanne Conjob as his running mate. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, is he going to put Vladimir Putin in charge of the RNC? <laughs> you know what? I saw a, a older white man in my neighborhood walking around a couple of days ago with a Trump Lake 2024 t shirt. <laughs> Donald Trump and Carrie Lake, and I, I kept thinking, who's going to tell him? Oh my God! I just got I just got a follow on Threads. I think it was yesterday or the day before, and the person's handle was Carrie Lake's twat. Oh! <laughs> oh. oh. I was immediately followed back. <laughs> I don't want to go backwards, but can someone tell me why? What, where's the report for Pence and the paperwork that he had? Right. Yeah. Where is that? Where is that? Hmm. Did they did they did they appoint a special counsel for him? No. I don't know. Hmm. I don't Nothing know. about that at all. Hmm. hmm. Oh, with that, Matt, tell people where they can check you out. Okay. Thank you. They can check me out at messagingmatters.com and at messagingmatters at mstdn.social. All right. Thank you, Matt. NT. Oh, you guys can find me over on the Tickety Top 
You can find me at T. Sorry. <laughs> you can find me at, uh, at T <coughs> underscore bone 1961. All right. Thank you, T. And Francie? Um, 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 um. You know the things. Francie 57 <laughs> on all the things. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I right. have the brain oh, freeze. And, and I Francie. mean, this stuff is just... Ah, I, I can't sort it all out. Thank you guys for helping me just stay a little bit saner. I appreciate it. Oh, and Francie, and, I did. And so happy that to be on this. Lovely to chat with you again, Miss Black and <laughs> Mr. Matt. <laughs> and, of course, Joe. Right. <laughs> Joe. Yes. And, and, um, and Francie, I did see you got your entry into the Big Fatty Online Contest. Oh yes, I made it by, down to the wire. Uh, yeah, he he emailed me back because I thought I sent it to the wrong email. <laughs> uh, yeah, sad. I'm a mess. I'm I'm losing it daily, and also got to tell people out there: just you know, prepare, get prepared to vote, however Absolutely. you can. If you get registered, all that good stuff. Take a friend along. All we got to get out the vote this time because it is for. Democracy. That's it's right. democracy against an orange balloon head fascist. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Thanks. All right. Good luck you in the uh, Big Fatty Online number one fan contest uh, starting year 17 <laughs> of Big Fatty Online. <laughs> wow. Wow. This podcast is great. Uh, and uh, Joe. Well, uh, yeah, as you know, I'm not really active on any on, of the social media. On the media. social medias? Things I'm on. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, I'm just a doddering old man who would present as sympathetic to a prospective jury. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's it. All right. That sums me up. All right. All right. Thank you, Joe. And you can follow me on all the, all the Tim Cormel, all the socials or whatever, except the Twitty. And we'll close out with our good buddy Lauren's latest song of the week. They're writing our campaign ads for us, and that is absolutely true. So take it away, Lauren, and we will see you all soon. The GOP's remaining sanity is rapidly declining. But amid all the inanity, I've found a silver lining. They're writing our campaign ads for us with their obvious hypocrisy. Like begging for a border deal in lockstep chorus, then killing it willfully. We don't need to create persuasive output. Just sit back and watch them shoot themselves in the foot. The stupidity continues to floor us as they're writing our campaign ads for us. They're designing great campaign ads for us by attacking reproductive rights which drives turnout to turn out sexists who abhor us and legislate like troglodytes. Then as if young women weren't already miffed, they pile on with vile attacks on Taylor Swift. So young folks almost adore us as they keep writing our campaign ads for us. The party that was all about law and order defends an insurrectionist and document hoarder as their idol grows more convictable. They babble about who's indictable when they're so sleazy making fun of them easy. For our campaign ads, we just go see as they bicker, dicker, and fret. And they say they wish they had a Nancy Pelosi while George Santos says, Miss Viet. 
and with their clear adherence to you know who, turning their words against him is a cinch to do without even needing a thesaurus as they write our campaign ads for us. If the GOP remains so insanely zany, they'll fulfill the wish of Liz Cheney and die out like the Brontosaurus while writing our campaign ads for us. Till we say, egads, throw out your notepads, they're writing our campaign ads for us.